What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am James Yarko of the Locked On Bucks Podcast, welcoming on Louis DiBiase of the Locked On Eagles Podcast. And we are here to preview Sunday's game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, the defending Super Bowl champions started off their season with a victory over the Atlanta Falcons and the Buccaneers shocked the NFL world by defeating the saints in new Orleans on the, uh, on the back of one Ryan Fitzpatrick. So really excited about this matchup coming up. It's the battle of the backups. Carson Wentz is still out with injury. Jameis Winston is still out with suspension. So we have Foles and we have Fitz magic and it should be a good one. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to Louie and, and Louie kind of what are your initial thoughts on on the Eagles through one week of the NFL season yeah what's going on James uh, again excited to be doing this with you another edition of the crossovers here on locked on the locked on podcast network this is a, an interesting matchup and it's one that on paper when you look at the Eagles schedule it gets tougher throughout the year as it goes on and with Jameis Winston suspended the first two games you're thinking okay this is one of the gimme games but after seeing what Ryan Fitzpatrick did to a Saints team that a lot of people are picking to win the Super Bowl, to go deep into the playoffs, the defense that I thought at least was promising heading in with some young secondary members like Marshawn Lattimore last year who blew up on the scene as a rookie. And, you know, this is going to be an interesting battle. It's a team that, you know, right now the Eagles don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. And if it's, if it's Carson Wentz, I think the offense steps up in a big way. But if it's Nick Foles, the Eagles offense still needs to take advantage and bounce back from – not only, not only the game against Atlanta where they only put up 18 points, but throughout the preseason they struggled. Nick Foles in the offense has not looked like what they were in the playoffs last year, really since the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So with Tampa Bay battling with injuries in the secondary, with how the Saints performed on the offensive side of the football, the Eagles have no excuses heading down to Tampa Bay. This offense needs to bounce back and knock off that rust before the schedule gets really tough. And, that, you know, you want the entire offense clicking on all cylinders – so that when Carson Wentz comes back, you can just go and try to make another run at it in 2018. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been surprised by the lack of production of Philadelphia's offense, but their defense still looks as stout as ever. On the Buccaneer side, you you have this shocking performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick, 417 yards, five total touchdowns. It, it was <clears throat> absolutely fantastic. They, they're utilizing Deshaun Jackson in the way that we were all screaming for him to be utilized last year. Mike Evans right. just absolutely dominated Marshawn Lattimore. And, and they did all this without really even getting the tight ends involved. And they have arguably the best tight end duo in all of football in Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. But the defense still did not look great. And, and that's what, from a Buccaneer standpoint, has me a little nervous heading into this game. Because they still, I get it, it's Drew Brees and it's the Saints offense, but they still put up 40 points. They had a scoring drive in the fourth quarter that lasted barely over a minute and spanned almost 70 yards. It was a tough look. And now we're looking at a Buccaneers team that just signed cornerback Marcus Williams off the street. Vernon Hargraves is going to get a second opinion on his shoulder from Dr. James Andrews. And anybody who watches sports knows as soon as you hear the name James Andrews, it's bad news. So this is a team. Yeah, this is a team without Brent Grimes, who has the groin injury. They could be missing Vernon Hargraves. Now you're going up against an Eagles offense that – even given the struggles through the preseason and through week one with, with Foles, they still have a Jai. They still have 
Sproles, who who performed relatively well on Thursday. They are missing Alshon Jeffrey, but they're not missing weapons. You know, they still have a a high octane capable offense, especially against a defense that's going to have a secondary that has two second round rookies, a guy that was just brought in off the streets and a, a player in Ryan Smith who struggles. Plus on your back end, you have Justin Evans, a second year player, and you have Chris Conti who he's he's feast or famine. Um so it's it's definitely going to be a a really really interesting matchup, and, and before we go any further, you know I uh, I'm not sure what the the spread in the game is, but I I believe the last time I looked it was the Eagles by three and a half. Does that sound That's about what I was right? Seeing. Yeah, it was yeah three points I think. Okay, so I mean Louis, I don't know if if you know who's going to win. I know I don't know who's going to win. But the truth is, if our listeners think that they know, they need to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, everyone, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You lay down some cash and you win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us, and that's why we are urging everyone to make their way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N when you create your account to claim your dollar for dollar bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid. Louis, let's. Let's discuss a, a few things regarding the the Philadelphia Eagles and, and what I'm looking for in this game as far as the Eagles are concerned. I'm I'm looking for a heavy dose of Jay Ajayi. Yeah, it seemed like he got off to a slow start on Thursday against the Falcons, but really started to find his groove in the second half. They really started to utilize him a little bit more. And something that I had mentioned on our, our recap episode of uh the Buck Saints game is you know we saw great Fitzpatrick uh on on Sunday but we've also seen bad Fitzpatrick. Now this is an Eagles team yep. that won a Super Bowl on the back of great Nick Foles, but we've all seen bad Foles as well. So you know you you alluded to some of the offensive struggles and the Eagles may be going up against a defense that gets them back on track if they can't if, if the Buccaneers can't figure out a few things on on how to really shut down a team they did a great job in the third quarter but other than that Drew Brees just carved them up like a Thanksgiving turkey so I'm I'm looking for Foles to look a little bit better and honestly I'm really looking for Zach Ertz to be more involved in the game than he was on Thursday I, I mean how do you kind of view the the Eagles offense coming into this game going up against a defense that allowed 40 points to the New Orleans Saints. 
Yeah, so this is a team, again, it doesn't have their starting quarterback in Carson Wentz, at least right now. So it's not 100% that we know Nick Foles is going to play this Sunday. According to Chris Mortensen, the Eagles have not ruled out Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson will announce who's the starting quarterback tomorrow. So it still is up in the air if Wentz could play, which would make it, I think, even more difficult for Tampa because, you know, we mentioned it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's the same with Nick Foles, really high highs and really low lows. But Nick Foles, I mean, again, he can catch lightning in a bottle. We saw it last year, and against Tampa Bay, this has got to be the game where he steps up. You mentioned Jay Ajayi. He really got it going in the second half when they let him get into a rhythm, when they let, when that offensive line got going. You know, with Jason Peters back, that line looked really good. Nick Foles had time back there. He just he missed a lot of plays on the field, and Jay Ajayi in the running attack did take advantage of how good the offensive line was playing. So I'm not concerned about the running attack. I think it's going to be a good dosage of Ajayi, Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles, it's really on Nick Foles here to produce because I went back in the All-22. I went back today and pretty much watched the all, the entire offensive game against Atlanta. And Mike Wallace didn't have a catch, but there were at least six or eight times where he was down the field and he could have made some significant plays or where Nick Foles had a predetermined notion of where he was going to go with the football really before he even snapped it. So it wasn't a good Nick Foles performance. But again, against the Tampa Bay secondary that's depleted right now with injuries and with young players, they this offense there's no excuses right now for Nick Foles and the same for Zach Ertz he's going up against another tough test with these Tampa Bay linebackers but Zach Ertz this is why they pay him the big bucks it's why he's one of the best tight ends in football he's got to do what he did against Harrison Smith you know in the NFC championship game last year against the Vikings where he's got to win those tough matchups so for the offensive side it really does ride and die with Nick Foles right now barring that Carson Wentz does not play because there were a lot of plays left in the field last week, regardless of if they didn't have Alshon Jeffrey or Carson Wentz. And Nick Foles had a clean pocket throughout the majority of that game. I mean, there were times where he got rushed, but when he had time back there, there were still plays that he was leaving where he's underthrowing Mike Wallace, where he, he's missing reads, he's just staring down one guy. So we got the bad version of Nick Foles last week. Will we get it this week? I don't know if it's going to decide the game because of how good this Eagles defense is. But, you know, Nick Foles, he's, he's got to step up for this Eagles offense if Carson Wentz, if they keep him out for the next couple of weeks, just to get everyone else moving so that when Wentz comes in, they can just go and the rust can be knocked off because this schedule gets tough heading into October, November, December. Yeah, and on the defensive side of the ball, you guys are going to have – quite the task ahead of you especially at the cornerback right, yeah. position you, you have ronald darby you have jalen mills who are going to be going up against you know the the rotation basically on the outside that the buccaneers have going between mike smith deshaun or mike evans deshaun jackson and chris godwin and godwin is emerging as a legitimate you know number two receiver i i see i i have visions of Chris Godwin almost being like a 1B to Evans 1A down the line, almost like uh, Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada used to be. It was kind of a pick your poison because one of them's going to torch you that day. Godwin's really, really come on strong late last season and, and had a great game against the Saints. But you mentioned how how Foles really had a clean pocket on, on Thursday to throw from. Ryan Fitzpatrick really had the same. He was – he was hit twice, both times were uh, roughing the passer penalties because of the new body weight rule. No sacks given up by this revamped offensive line led by guys like Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, and left tackle Donovan Smith, who's still playing through a knee injury. 
and the Eagles have a very formidable front. You know, you're looking at guys like Derek Barnett, Haloti Nada, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. You know, there's a reason that this defense is touted as one of the best in the league and why they were able to defeat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. What do you what do you see from their defense? I mean, is this a, a defensive line that Buccaneers fans should be a little more worried about than they were with New Orleans, who coming into the season again had a defense that was being touted as one of the best in the league? Um, I'm not really sure if it's if it's a more difficult secondary or kind of along the same lines as what we envision the Saints as being with Marshawn Lattimore and and the crew that they have over there. But yeah, how do you see this, this defense being able to slow down a Buccaneers offense that is just absolutely loaded with weapons? Yeah. So this is an Eagles front four and not just the front four, but the front seven, because they get Nigel Bradham back this week. And we talked about, I mean, Jordan Hicks, how good he was against Atlanta in week one, they're getting back now another elite coverage linebacker, Nigel Bradham this week after he was suspended week one against Atlanta. That whole front seven is going to be a tough test for Tampa Bay. And, you know, I looked back at Tampa's offense and Fitzpatrick, like you said, with that offensive line, he had a lot of time. There were, there were, you know, plays where he was sitting back there for four to five. I mean, he had, he had a lot of time to get it to his weapons. So, but this is a tough test. This is an Eagles team that has, four to you know six legitimate pass rushing options here with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and and Michael Bennett Chris Long had a really good game against Atlanta when they bring five men down and Jordan Hicks comes to pressure the quarterback Fitzpatrick is going to have a tougher test this time and if the Eagles can force him to make mistakes I like how the secondary looked against Atlanta they're an aggressive young secondary that you could beat on some double moves. I, I'm, I'm concerned about the matchup if Deshaun Jackson stays on the right side of the field against Jalen Mills. I think the Eagles are going to use a lot more two-safety looks and keep Malcolm Jenkins at the top because of Mills' lack of speed. He's not going to be able to run with Deshaun. It's really the key is that pass rush. If they can get there and force Fitzpatrick into making mistakes, that's the key. And really that's the strength of the Eagles' defense right now is their pass rush and not having the blitz because they can just bring four and get pressure on the quarterback. So I'm, I'm nervous about the, the challenge the, the secondary has. It's going to be a great test, especially for, you know, he's basically a rookie, a second-year Sidney Jones who was redshirted last year after a torn Achilles. Him going up against Godwin or Deshaun, whoever's in the slot, it's a great test for this young secondary. But the, the front four really has to help them out and not get this Patrick time because if, if he has time, regardless of what Darby does or Mills or Jones or even, you know, these two Pro Bowl safeties, caliber, Pro Bowl caliber safeties and McLeod and Jenkins, Mike Evans and Deshaun and Godwin and even O.J. Howard, they're going to make plays. So the pass rush has to get to Fitzpatrick. The key is knocking Fitzpatrick off his game because it doesn't matter how many weapons you have. If the quarterback is off, you're not going to go far in this league, especially on the offensive side of the football. Now, Louis, what are you looking for on the Buccaneers side of the football? Yeah, so for me, on Tampa Bay's offensive side, this is a team that, again, I'm worried that if the pass rush doesn't get there, these weapons are going to give the Eagles secondary a hard time. And it's really up to the Buccaneers' discretion what they want to do with where they put their wide receivers because Jim Schwartz does not rotate corners. Ronald Darby's not going to shadow Mike Evans. He's not going to shadow Deshaun Jackson. He's going to stay on the left side. Jalen Mills is going to stay on the right. And Sidney Jones is going to stay in the slot. And I'm, I'm concerned right now that if Tampa Bay keeps Deshaun Jackson on the right against Jalen Mills, 
that Fitzpatrick is going to have opportunities to make plays down the field. So for Tampa Bay, the receivers is what's what's the most concerning. And, you know, the Eagles corners, they like to play off coverage. So I think Tampa Bay, they're going to get their yards. Absolutely. It's can they score in the red zone? Can they take advantage of those opportunities when they're down there? Because Atlanta was not able to do that. So for the offensive side, I'm, I'm concerned about those receivers. I mean, that is the biggest threat to this Eagles defense. It's because I, I believe the pass rush can get to Fitzpatrick, but if it doesn't, those weapons, they're going to get open. And then as for Tampa Bay on defense, really it's, you know, Ken Vinny Curry, who the Eagles are very familiar with. He was, I mean, the sack numbers did not, you know, you didn't see the sacks, you know, come as a result of his pressures the past few years. But Vinny Curry has been one of the more underrated pass rushers in the NFL the past few years. And only because they drafted Derek Barnett in the first round and the Eagles don't have a lot of cash space, they weren't able to keep him. But can they get to Nick Foles? Because a muddy pocket for Nick Foles, it's it's a very similar quarterback situation here with, with Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles. If they are pressured, if they're forcing throws, they're not great. I mean, especially more Nick Foles that when the, when the offensive structure breaks down, he's not a very good improvisational quarterback like Carson Wentz is. It's up to Vinnie Curry, Jason Pierre-Paul, Bo Allen to knock Nick Foles off his game. It's going to be a tough test, though, considering how good the Eagles' offensive line is. So, Because that secondary, if you're giving Nick Foles time, he's going to find guys open against, uh, again, a Tampa Bay secondary that right now is depleted. So it's it's got to be up to JPP. It's got to be up to Vinnie Curry. they got to get to Nick Foles here. So it's really the pass rushes because if these two quarterbacks have time, they have options. So at the end of the day, what you're saying is hammer the over on my bookie because we're in for another shootout. <clears throat> I <think laughs> because so. yeah, the the strength of the Eagles, um, you know, is is their front four defensively. But yeah, you know, they as you as you said, they have some problems in the secondary, and both of these teams have offenses with with high powered weapons that can really put points up in a hurry. Now, Vinnie Curry was the lone player for the Buccaneers to get a sack on Sunday it was the only sack of the game. And although they spent a lot of, of money and a lot of draft capital on that defensive line, the Bucs are still missing Vita Vea, their first round draft pick. They mm-hmm. didn't get a ton of pressure on Drew Brees throughout the day. And of course, Brees is so good at getting the ball out of his hands so fast, but it's going to take a little while for these guys to gel together. Three of the four starters along the defensive line are new players. So you have Gerald McCoy there, who's one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. And he's kind of learning how to play with Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul. And it's going to take some time mm-hmm. to gel on top of that with the new defensive line coach in Brenson Buckner, who came over from Arizona. So they may not reap the benefits of of how talented this line is until maybe after this first quarter of the season when they're really starting to get into a rhythm. As far as the Buccaneers' offensive side of the ball, you said your big concern is the receivers, which I think is going to be kind of the theme for the season for teams facing the Bucs because that is such a huge strength is, is their skill right. position players on offense. We're not sure if Deshaun Jackson's going to play or not. He's in the concussion protocol. We're not sure if he's going to get cleared. We won't find out until later in the week. But if if he is able to go, you know, with the Eagles corners playing off coverage, they they know the damage that Deshaun can do as soon as he gets the ball in space. It's not always the long ball like he had with Fitzpatrick against the Saints. A lot of times 
it's that quick slant pass that he can just burn past everyone. His longest reception last season was on a six-yard slant, and then he just took off. So yeah. he's incredibly dangerous. You you have Mike Evans, who's going to have the size advantage. Uh, if he can avoid any kind of offensive pass interference penalties, which he is prone to have, but he he played a flawless game against the Saints. So yeah, there there's going to be points to be scored, and as you said, it's going to be once the Buccaneers get into the red zone, are they going to be able to convert? And they did a really good job of that on Sunday. That was their one of their big Achilles' heels last season. Is they would get into the red zone and they would just stall and they would freeze and they would miss field goals and leave all these points on on the field. You're talking about a five win team that had eight games decided by one score or less. You know, a couple of swings in the red zone. You're talking about a team that could have made the playoffs. So they're right on that cusp. There, it's just going to be a matter of finishing. You know, the the big question I think Buccaneers fans may be looking at is the running back situation. Peyton Barber is the starter. There's no doubt about that. But they had their second round running back, Ronald Jones, a healthy scratch in week one. You know, is he is he having playbook issues? Is he just not learning fast enough? Is it you know, was he inactive because of the negative game script they were expecting? He's not a big pass catching back. They had Brent Grimes out. They needed an extra corner. So that might have been where the inactive came from. You don't really know. So a lot of eyes are going to be on Ronald Jones. Is he going to get the opportunity to play in this game and Raymond James? But Louis, I think we're going to have uh I think we're going to have an exciting game on our hands between these two offenses. Um, you know, if if we see playoff foals and week one Fitzpatrick, we are going to be having a lot of fun on Sunday. So before we wrap things up, Louie, why don't you go ahead and give everyone your score prediction? How do you see this game shaking out? Yeah, so again, like you said, this could be a really fun one if we can get really good Nick Foles and really good Ryan Fitzpatrick. We could also see the complete opposite. So to me, this I mean, I've been going back and forth with it throughout the week. It could be a game, if you told me it was 17-10, that both defenses took out the quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it's also a shootout where a team wins 33-31, to I wouldn't be too surprised with that either. I think that, though, I think this is a bounce-back game for Nick Foles. You know, even last year, when he, when he struggled against Oakland and when he struggled against Dallas, he came back, he bounced back in the playoffs with some big games. He doesn't really struggle continuously for a long period of time, and you know, just with this offense, there were plays to be made against Atlanta. Against the secondary, I think he takes advantage. I, I think this Eagles defense continues to be one of the best in the league. And, again, getting Nigel Bradham back is going to be huge for this defense, especially to try to stop a, a talented tight end like O.J. Howard. I think the Eagles take this one convincingly. I think that they get to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to say 33-21. to 21. I do think Tampa Bay gets some points here. But I think a big breakout for the offense is due so I'm, I'm going to say 33-21. I like the Eagles to take this one in Tampa Bay. All right. Well, I'm 0 for 1 on my predictions so far this season, and I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going to make it 0 and 2. I'm going to take the Eagles 34-31. Uh, I think it's going to be Ooh, a little that, bit closer. That'd be closer a fun game to watch. I'm sorry. I said I, I think that'd be a fun game to watch. I'll take that. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a little bit closer than than what you think, but. Looking back, Ryan Fitzpatrick does not really have the history of being able to string together back-to-back just really phenomenal games, and it's going to take a phenomenal game out of Fitz in order for the Bucks to win this, in my opinion. I think the Eagles' defense is still just too good. 
the way they were able to really shut down Atlanta's offense when it mattered the most. I, Julio Jones was running up and down the field on the defense, still couldn't get in the end zone. Some of that can be attributed to Matt Ryan's inefficiency when he gets into the red zone. I'm not sure what's going on between the ears with him, but I'm not going to complain either. He can keep screwing up the red zone all season long, and, and I'll just laugh. But I think what it comes down to is what you said. It's going to be getting after the quarterback. And if the Buccaneers cannot generate the kind of pressure that they need to out of their front four to get Foles off his spot, if, if Foles is indeed the starter, I'm I'm assuming that he's going to be. Um, you know, I, I think he has the ability to really hurt a already depleted Buccaneers secondary. So, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm 0-2 on my predictions, and all the Locked On Bucks listeners give me all the same amount of grief that they did on Sunday. Um, Louie, you're doing great stuff over at LockedOnEagles.com, writing up stories there, you know, hosting the Locked On Eagles podcast. Uh, you can be found on Twitter at DBiase, L-O-E. Is that right? L-O-E or L-O-B? DBiase, L-O-E. Locked on Eagles. Okay. And that's DBiase, like the million dollar man. D I B I A S E. Ah, love it. Love, I might have to use that for our outro music. That's such a great song. You can, <laughs> you can find everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure that you follow along on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks. And of course, you can follow both of these programs at Locked On Eagles and at locked on bucks we appreciate all of you tuning in louis i appreciate some of your time tonight excited for the game best of luck to you guys and thank you all so much for joining us right here on crossover wednesdays